Now this is in questioning in the rapture. Paul was talking to the Thessalonian church because they did not understand. They said, we understand if we're alive at the coming of the Lord, but what about our family and our friends and our co-workers that died? Where are they? What, what's going to be with that? So Paul explains that to them. So 1 Thessalonians 4.13, it says, But I would not have you be ignorant. Now, ignorant, that's not a derogatory term. That means to be lacking knowledge concerning a certain thing. They lack the knowledge of what happened to these people that already died. And you notice the word brethren there. Brethren, so he's talking to believers. He's not talking to non-believers. He's talking to believers. I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. There's another term. God did not refer to them as being dead. Because those that die without God are dead. They're cast in the lake of fire. They're dead. They're not coming back. But those that are alive in God are more alive then than they were on planet Earth. So he uses the term sleep. Or it's a state of being relaxed. They're in a relaxed position with the Lord because they're in the Lord. They have no worries. They have no fears. They have no sickness, no death, nothing. It's, it's awesome. It's awesome. That you should sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them which sleep, there's the term, talking about friends, co-workers, relatives, that's in the grave. In Jesus will God bring with him. He'll bring them forth out of the tomb. They'll be instantly resurrected. Now I see they have a little further, they have six feet further to travel than we do, so I think that's why he's going to bring them first. To get that. I said they got six more feet to travel, so it says he's going to bring them first. That's a joke. He's going to bring them first so that we don't get ahead of them so that when they get there. But I think that's pretty neat. And he brings that body instantly together. Think about it. No more riots. No more murder. No more cemeteries. No more government. We're going to have, we're going to have an awesome, awesome, an awesome government to be with God. He's not going to be nothing like this. So turn with me to 1 Corinthians now. Here we are, we're going backwards. 1 Corinthians 15. Twenty and twenty-two. But now is Christ risen from the dead <clears throat> and become the first fruits of them who slept. So if there would have been no resurrection, so we have to remember the work that Jesus done on the cross. He died. He was buried. But he also resurrected. He didn't stay buried. 
And if you remember Mary, she ran to the tomb and she had a hissy fit and she looked in and she said, okay, where'd you take him? Where's my Lord at? Because she didn't see his body in there. She seen the empty tomb. And she got all frantic because she thought they took him and hit him, uh, the Roman government. <clears throat> so they could not say that he resurrected. But the big, the big stone that blocked the tomb had been rolled away and the angel of the Lord was standing at the tomb. <coughs> so he become the first fruit. So since he resurrected and you're in him when you're born again and we baptized you in water and then you're baptized in the spirit of Christ, that means you put on his likeness. Now the world is going to pressure you. Trust me. It will pressure you, especially on with your co-workers and stuff like that. When I got saved, I was so, I was just so thrilled. I was so happy. I was like, I was lit up for days because I couldn't get over this, that God loved me so much to forgive me for my past. My past was washed away. And when I read in the scripture, he don't, re, he don't make you, remind you anymore. Men, men will remind you, but God won't. God will never remind you because he said he throwed it into the sea of forgetfulness as far as the east is from the west. They don't connect and neither is your sins. Never again. But the thing is now that you do want to go on in him and you want to try to perfect yourself. Now what you have to remember, the world's not perfected. So when you go back to work, you still work with those mean, cocky, offensive people that you worked with before you were saved. And when you get there, it's like somebody lets the air out of your balloon, you know, and you're all happy and you think, now because you're changed, the whole world's changed. And you go in there and the boss says, what are you doing standing around? Get to work. I ain't paying you to stand around. Look at yourself. You know, and you're like, whoa. <laughs> so you first start to learn then how to study scripture. That scripture fortifies you against those things. That you don't lose it because no man knows the hour that God is coming. So you want to stay prepared. It's not about being prepared. If you're saved, you're prepared. But you want to stay prepared because you're on this planet. You're not, how many knows, how many recognize by now you're not in heaven yet? See, that's the sad part. That's the sad part. So the Lord's got you covered. So he's saying, brethren, he's talking to the believer. Every one of us sitting here today, if you acknowledge Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've been saved. But now what you have to do is you have to make Him Lord. And that's done by going to the Word. You've got to read the Word. You've got to study that. You've got to. Because you cannot do it in yourself. It's not in your ability. It's in His ability. It's grace. The grace was given so that your faith trusts Him, and that grace will be His ability on you to do what you've done. And I heard, I heard a lot of people in the past, that, and they said that, you know, I quit smoking myself, I quit drinking myself, I quit cussing myself. And I, you know, you get argumentative in something. I said, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. They look at you and they get about half cocked when you say, I said, no, you didn't. See, because man ever wants to give glory to man. He wants to give all the ability to himself. 
Hello? We're the ones that messed this thing up. Adam's the one that messed it all up. So God in His grace and His love sent the second Adam. Why? Because He loves us and he, His word declares, I would, that's His will, I would that none perish. No matter how half-cocked you get, mad and upset, get over it. That's the thing. Get over it. Tell God you're sorry. <clears throat> get over it. And go, go start over anew. That's making Him Lord. And when you say, start teaching yourself what God said. God said that He wouldn't, that none perish. None means none. Not one. The only people that's perishing is those that choose to do so. The Spirit of God's walking around with a big sign. You've been pardoned. You've been pardoned. You've been pardoned. So what would you want to stand behind prison bars for when you've been pardoned? The door swung, swung wide. He's pardoned you. Why? Because that's His great love. But then we say, yeah, but you don't know what I did. You don't know what I said or how I act. Don't matter. God's got us all covered because He said He died for the vilest sinner. Now the thing I have, I don't know what you cope with, but I know things that I cope with. And I said, God, these pedophiles that rape little children and then some of them they mutilate. Like, I don't know about you, but my my mind goes and fast forward and about fries my brains how God can love those kind of people. Because my focus was wrong. Because hell, one moment in hell is worse than any sin that man has ever committed. And the thing is, there's no exits. Once you're there, you're doomed. You're doomed throughout eternity. There's no getting out. There's no getting back. So now it's the race that you run to try to make the best you can now that you don't go there. And that's what making him Lord is. And the more the more I, I get myself on overload and get too busy living this life that I forget about that life because at any moment that can be changed. You're going to go from this government to that government. Two different things. Gonna be Here they try to control you. He doesn't do that. He's a good God. But God said. He loves us. He loves us. So He gives you this free will to choose. So all those that died in Christ, they're good. They got it made. My son, he's been with the Lord going on 38 years now. He's got it made. I told my wife, don't we? Don't weep for him. The song is, don't weep for me when I'm gone. Because in Christ, you got it made. Now people, people in general, you have a lot of people point the fingers and wag their tongue. And a lot of people got a toxic tongue. And they like to judge. And yet my Bible tells me, no man, I don't know your heart. No matter how best of friends we become, how close we become, we go out to eat together, do whatever, go on vacation together, whatever. I still don't know your heart. 
only you and God. God knows what's in our heart. So when we judge others, we judge ourselves. Because we make ourselves look like a God. Well, Brother Rich, and you don't know that. But many people do that all the time. And the sad part is Christians that do it. I've known Christians that do that. And that tells me they don't pray. They don't read your... And I'm talking about a little lay me down to sleep, pray the Lord my soul to keep, my should die before I wake and pray the Lord my soul to take. We used to pray that when we were little kids. That's what mom and dad told us to pray. But we just prayed as fast as we could pray it so we could hurry up and jump in bed. Because the bedroom was cold. We didn't have no heat in the bedrooms upstairs. You had six blankets piled on your bed. Sometimes you crawled in bed with your clothes on because it was so cold. So you repeated it fast, but it wasn't from the heart. See, when we talk to God, we talk to God from our heart and believe with all our heart that God's listening, that He cares, that He loves us. And all those that went in the grave, those that are asleep, because to those that are blood-bought, they're saved. And they're going to be with Him instantly. Instantly. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians again. Got two more to go. 1 Corinthians 4, 16, and 17. For the Lord himself... Now, you, uh, how many of you read that things are witnessed by two or more mouths? Did you ever read that scripture? I was talking about in, in your Bible. You might read it in the Old Testament. You'll read it in the New. And you read it somewhere. He said, by two or more mouths, a thing will be established. It's going to come to pass. That means it's as good as done. So here in verse 16, it says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Now remember I read to you in Acts 1 and 11? He's going to come the way you see him go. Okay, now here's that witness that you're getting of another voice speaking out of another book saying the same thing. With the voice of an archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. There it is again, the witness of the dead, those that sleep. Now here it's using the term dead, but it's saying in Christ. Those that are in Christ shall rise first. So the power of God will bring them out of the tomb. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up. Now that's where the term raptured comes from. Together with them, the resurrected dead, in the clouds. The clouds, like I said, they're the saints that's gathered together to meet the Lord in the air. Now... I believe this, when you really study, you know, it says where the Lord's going to descend with a shout. Everybody thinks it's going to be this big, loud roar like thunder or lightning. But after I got to study, and I don't believe that, I believe it's only going to be a sound to the ears that are in tune. The ears that believe the scripture, 
it's going to hear the shout. Nobody else. Just a dead in Christ and us that remain, your ears will be specially anointed of God to be able to hear that voice. And you'll know when something happens. Because people all the time today, they see things or hear things and they don't know what they hear or what they see. He said, I've given you eyes to see, but you don't see. I give you ears to hear, but you don't hear. Because see, what it is, you have to be tuned in. You have to be tuned out to this world. I have a car, but that's not all I have. Okay? I got a house, but that's not all I have. It's all borrowed. When you understand as a believer, you only borrow those things. Your bank account. Your clothes that you wear. And as God blesses you, yes. Let God bless you in abundance. Because Jesus said in John 10, 10, He come to give you life and give it to you abundantly. That's in abundance in all areas. Now that's if you use wisdom. If you take your money and just go out here and squander it, you got to save. If you don't save or put some back for a rainy day, I have a little, I have a little nest egg I laid back for uh, a rainy day. So to let everybody know, in about three weeks, I got to go in and get some bionics. <laughs> you heard of the six million dollar bionics? I got to get bionics replaced in this knee. I hurt my knee years ago, and it's deteriorating. That's why you see me limp sometimes. So keep me in prayer. So I have a little nest egg laid back because my insurance pays so much, but then there's stuff they don't pay that I'll have money to pay. See, he said, use wisdom in all things. <coughs> now, I can't explain. I don't know all the mysteries of God. I prayed for people and I've seen miracles. There's people sitting in here got miracles when I prayed for you. The young couple that I told them, now, God's not out to, to curse you. It's not God. It's the enemy. Okay, when you're... When you're in security with God, there's a sphere that you stand in. Some of us make up a foot square. Some of us make up two foot square. Some of us make <laughs> The bigger feet you got, the bigger square you get. <laughs> the long as you're in that sphere, and you, and you got to do that with your heart, you keep your spirit man in that sphere. You do the best you can. Now the enemy, what the enemy's going to try to do, he's going to try to get you out of that sphere. He's going to do one thing to push your button to get you to step out of that sphere. So in that sphere, you're covered by God. Even if anything happens to you, God takes care of you. Okay, you got that? So you stay in the sphere, but when you step out of the sphere, anything can happen because you choose now you're still born again. You're still sealed by the blood. Doesn't mean you're not going to heaven because you stepped out. It just means you might get your brains half knocked out. Understand the difference? Everybody understand where I'm coming from? You do something stupid. You know, you go driving real fast and the road's icy and you know you shouldn't do it. And all of a sudden, you start skidding or going sideways. You hit this pole and knock half your brains out or dislocate your shoulder or whatever. You got out of that sphere. I tell my wife because she's been anointed with a heavy leg. 
Now I'm saying that's funny because <clears throat> our missionaries are from Sri Lanka, the other side of the planet. <clears throat> and we met for them in the summer and we had we shared a barbecue and stuff together while they were talking. The one girl was getting ready to drive and I told her, I said, now you don't want to be like my wife. She said, why? Does she have a heavy leg? She meant a heavy foot. They, we call it a heavy foot. They call it a heavy leg. Well, every time she sees it, she says, Sister Judy, you still have a heavy leg. <laughs> and I tell her that when she drives, I said, be careful. It's a little cold today, it's a little icy, the road's a little damp. Be careful. I don't want to tell you how to drive. Don't get mad at me, you're a good driver. But be careful. Because she'll get mad at me if I direct her how to drive. I said, I'm not telling you how to drive. I'm just saying, be careful. Because I care. And be careful. Just keep your speed down a little bit or whatever. Okay. That's using wisdom. He said in his word, God said. Use wisdom in all things. Then you got somebody that gets out of bounds and they say, well, hey, ain't God going to protect me? Yeah, if you use wisdom. The speed limit's 40, not 80. Hello? Use wisdom. Use wisdom and then you call and say, Pastor, I don't want to name nobody. So-and-so's in the hospital. What's the matter with them? They wrecked their car. They did. Yeah, they were going a little fast. They always say a little fast. That's a little too fast. And they broke their leg. Would you come in and pray for them or whatever? Mm -hmm. Now I tell them this. I say, God can give you an instant miracle, but you might be in that cast for six weeks. <laughs> Do it again. I, uh, I worked on my grandfather's farm and we were spreading lime in the, in the pasture field where the cows eat to help the grass grow. And I was going down a pretty steep grade. And when I pushed the brake, there were double brakes, and I heard this clunk. And the brakes went all the way into the floor. And the brake rod dropped on the floor side of my foot. Here the pin fell out and it locked the brakes and the weight behind me pushed me sideways on this jackknife on this big hill. And I knew it kept sliding and sliding and sliding. If I don't get out of that thing, I'll be crushed, killed, whatever. So I finally got up out of there and I caught my pants leg on part of the instruments in there. And I, almost ripped my pants leg off because you get excited to get out. And I guess when I landed, I messed this knee up and I had trouble with it for years. So they took an x-ray of it and my bones are like this, the inside touching and the outside like that. And you can see my whole leg, I walk. I got these cowboy legs. Cowboy ride the horse. <laughs> Now I prayed. I've been in different meetings where people believe in miracles, and I don't know why. I can't explain why. I don't have the answer to that why. But I told my wife I'd get some bionics in here, and they fix that thing up right. I said I want them to put a special 
thing on your keypad on your phone. <laughs> when you ever want me to jump, just hit that button. <laughs> Turn over to 1 Corinthians 15. So if you see me come in there one day with crutches or a walker, you know why. Not because I'm dead yet. So I thought I'd share that with you. So keep me in prayer. I got a Christian doctor. Very nice man. He wears his cross on his lapel. When he left the room after he talked to me, and he said, God be with you. But he said to me, he said, God bless you. I hope your surgery goes well. And I said, well, I'm looking for that. So it's nice to know that makes you be a little more calm. So I don't, first time I've ever been operated on, first time I've ever been in the hospital. I don't, I don't like that. So 1 Corinthians 15, 54. <clears throat> To 55. So now here's what I was talking about this scripture. <clears throat> I read to you about John 10 10 and John 10 9 and 10. It says, Believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. That's how your spirit gets saved. Romans 12 and 2 says, Renew your mind by reading the word. Change those stinking thinking to what God says. And this has to do with the third part. You're a tripartite person. You are a spirit. Get that. You're not a body. You don't see me. The real me lives in here, in this void, in this vortex inside here, is the real me. You're a spirit. You are a spirit. Say, I'm a spirit. I'm a spirit. And say, now I have a soul. That's the help you here on planet Earth. Your mind, your will, and your emotion. That's what the soul's made up of. And Romans 12 and 2 says you've got to renew that. Because we live in a fallen world. We live in the world that the first Adam messed up. So we live according to the systems of the world. People will tell you this, and people tell you that, and people tell you to do this, and people tell you. People's always telling you something because they want to control you. They don't know how to take care of their own life, but they want to control yours. That's what you got to be careful of. And some of them means well. Some of them's good people. Some of them's your family. Maybe your grandparents or your parents. Maybe even your children think they know more. I met some children think they know more than you. And I said, excuse me, I've been on the planet 74 years, and you've been on the planet 24 years, and you're going to tell me what you know? <laughs> Now they can give you some additives. Our children are very bright today. But God called you for a purpose. There's some people out there, you're fortunate to know God. But there's people out there, friends that you have. You have great opportunities to witness to them. You have great opportunities to know, to tell them about the Lord and lead them to the Lord. Because you don't know when you leave your little gathering they can be killed in a car accident and they'll spend eternity in damnation. And there's no doors, there's no coming back, there's no repentance, there's no paying retribution and all that stuff that some people teach. Once you're there, you're there. This is dress rehearsal. Do it here, live it here. Don't worry about nobody else. 
but ask the Lord to give you the strength to live the best you can here and to correct yourself here. Do what's right. Love people. Help people. And that'll, you get, you get it becomes your work ethic to love people and do what's right. You won't want to go back and do the old man, the suppression. Let me tell you, I've been, I've been there, I know. I've been talked about, I've been lied about, I've been cheated on, I've been through stuff you wouldn't believe and I have every reason in the book to be mad at God. I have every reason in the book to be upset. I've been ostracized. I've been treated like the black sheep. I know. I've been there. Don't tell me where you've been. I know where I've been. <clears throat> I said under my mentor was my preacher, my shepherd, for 28 years. And because he wouldn't obey God, he was losing his ministry. One day we were talking and he knocked me right down on the floor. He'd come up He was like six foot four, 200 and some pounds, big, big hawk of a man. He hit me, uh, caught me off aware and knocked me right down on the floor. Now when I got back up, I said within myself, Mister, you'd be glad I'm not who I used to be. Because I'd have ripped your head off. I mean that. I was a German boy and I was hot-headed. <laughs> I used to carry a little Colt with me. I stuck a little Colt in there, a little revolver I bought. And I stuck it in here. We went somewhere to an auction and my uncle said, you see anything you like? I said, yeah, I like that little Colt there. I'm like, what do you want that for? I said, I want that. That's my protection. <laughs> Thank God God was with me. I had a man that done me wrong song. And I shot at him. I pulled it out and shot at him. Thank God for his goodness. I could have shot him and killed him. But I didn't. I'm being transparent with you. I'm letting you know who your pastor is, who I was. See, I'm not who I used to be. It took me 50-some years to get here to who I am. I suppress. I suppress the hurt. I suppress the pain. I suppress the tears. I lay on my bed at night sometimes, tears flowing down my cheeks, thinking about people that are now where I was. And I cry for their growth, for their development. In the Lord Jesus Christ, you can do it. If I did it, you can do it. I have all the reasons in the book. I could have turned my back on God and said, when that guy knocked me down, said, I'll never go to church again in my life. How many people you know that's ever said that? Have you heard people saying, I'll never, I'll never darken another church door in my life? See, that's exactly what the enemy, that's what the enemy wants you to do. He wants you to find every excuse in the book. Remember, we're brothers and sisters in Christ. The same blood that you're sanctified by, I'm sanctified by. We're to work together. We're to pray together. We're to love together. We're to stick together. We're to help one another together. Stop looking and finding faults, because if you look hard enough, you'll find them. 